Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The March Ball. This podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, where you can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan with me, Michael Normanson. Hello. Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman. Hello. We're travelling back in time 30 years to the day when we faced Nottingham Forest on November the 3rd, 1990 at Ellen Road and the return of Brian Clough. Only one win in seven before this, but this was a day when Leeds were absolutely fantastic. How good were we? Olays. I don't know when there can have possibly been Olays at any game at Elland Road in the years, decades, decades is maybe pushing it. It's only, what is it, 15 years, what's 1990 minus 15, 75. So we're only 15 years away from the, the end of the Revy era. But there wasn't much to lay about in that time, I suppose, Tony Curry. But then the best season, getting us out of um, Division 2, I don't think we passed it around much. Whereas there was times in this game when Nottingham Forest, allegedly with uh, Brian's little son Nigel pulling the strings, supposed to be the most stylish passing team in uh, in all of football, couldn't get a touch because we were just stroking it around, taking the piss. And who were these Galacticos then? Well, the lineups for the sides, uh, John Lukic, Mel Sterland, Chris Fairclough, Chris White, Chris Kamara, Gordon Strachan, McAllister, Speed, Batty. And then up front, a bit of a change from what we've seen in recent weeks. The return of Carl Schott to the lineup alongside Lee Chapman in attack with Imre Verardi and Glintz nodding on the bench. For Forrest, they had uh, Mark Crossley, uh, Darren, was it Wassel? Wassal? You tell me. Tomato, tomato, whatever. Uh, Brian Laws, Stuart Pearce, Steve Chettle, Gary Crosby, Gary Parker, Nigel Clough, Roy Keane, Thomas Gaynor and Nigel Jemson with Gary Charles and Phil Starbuck on their bench uh, alongside Brian Clough. Some big names in there and Forrest at this time came with a decent reputation as a good football inside, but we absolutely trounced them. They were just offside was the main thing they did with football. They, they did occasionally try and pass it round us, but they were offside. And then when we actually had it, we just we completely took the piss. I think Roy Keane in midfield was obviously at this point is... The next big thing just barely gets a touch of it. Clough is awful. Like, yeah, I think you would look at this game and you would have to say Carl Schutt should be getting the England call up as opposed to Clough. Just doesn't do anything. It essentially, it achieves absolutely nothing. I think up front, they never cope, cope with Chapman at all. They couldn't cope with any of our midfield. I thought Speed had a really good game out on the left hand side. Just a complete performance from us. They were missing. Des Walker was their big miss, who first game he'd missed in two years. 
And I don't know if that was a lot to, to blame for it, but I don't know what good his pace would have been against Lee Chapman because it's not like Lee Chapman was going to try and run past Des Walker at any point. And Roy Keane, just anonymous really, compared to Batty and McAllister. McAllister's uh, involvement was quite an interesting subplot because he'd been very close to signing for um, Nottingham Forest. He'd been in Brian Clough's house ready to, to talk about the deal until um, he realised Clough was dissing his cowboy boots and... If you know Gary McAllister, he does not like having his clothing criticised, his cowboy boots least of all. So move didn't happen. He came to Leeds instead and um, scores his first goal for Leeds in this game, which is good to get him off the mark. And uh, and you mentioned Carl Schutt. John Pearson had got um, injured in midweek. We played the, the Halloween game. Um, the preparation was a bit disrupted. We talked last time about Hunslet Rugby League forcing us to play on a Wednesday because they wanted the Elland Road pitch on Tuesday night. Well, we beat Oldham 2-0 um, in midweek, lost John Pearson, but Carl Schutt came in and Chris Kamara at, at left back, keeping his place from the, the Villa performance. And after one win in seven, I don't know, is Carl Schutt, the, was he the missing ingredient with all the, the meatballs in Sweden has absolutely sorted him out and he's he's now the player to kickstart things? I'd like to also, speaking of Kamara, make a call for Kamara for England because he's clearly a better fullback than Stuart Pearce based on this performance. <laughs> It's still done with a nice sort of Stuart Pearce intensity, though. You can tell how cross he is about being shit. There's one, but I think it's in the second half where there's two of them going for the same ball and he kind of tackles his own man. And you can see he's absolutely furious with everything he's doing wrong, which is everything. Like every time the ball goes near him, something bad happens. What I quite like about him still, though, even in that, is he's not pulling a Pontus and blaming anybody else when he does tackle his own player and walks away visibly angry. There's still that sense of him. He's not angry at somebody else. He's just marching around going, I am absolutely fucking terrible. And the England spot, Kamara, probably a bit too old for it, but when he's fit again, you've got to be looking at Mick Whitlow as an up-and-coming candidate for that spot. I think there's uh, there's also the, the Chelsea left-back, um, Tony DiRigo. It's getting quite good reports at this time as well. But yeah, he just looked awful. And I mean, Nigel Clough is a is on the fringes of the England squad as well at this at this point. None of them look any good whatsoever. When it comes to the shape of the game, I mean, we're so used to 2020 leads dominating possessions and dominating games from from start to finish that it's easy to forget that even only a few years ago and going back 30 years, that total dominance in a game from start to finish is quite a rare beast. But we seem to achieve not far off that in this game. We just seem to have them, to use a modern term, rattled. From the start, there's a bit early on, it's um, Parker tries to pass it back and it almost lets us in in the first couple of minutes and they just never seem to settle. I think we're just in the faces quite a lot. Chris Fairclough and um, Chris White are kind of generally fairly menacing throughout this game, I think. They just they just seem to be bullying them and they know they can't ever get hold of the ball. I think maybe if, if the Clough had been allowed a bit of space to play, he, that's maybe what he needs to, to actually show some influence on the game. But as it was, we just were... We were all over them. Thought Batty was good in midfield. McAllister probably had his. I think maybe it helped out by the fact we were playing a bit more football in this. Um, McAllister was more involved than he has been in the previous games. Three-one doesn't sound like a totally commanding score. Three-nil would probably reflect better. So let's have a run through these goals and the, the shape of the game and see how it unfolded. One-nil then. It's total football. Is this this opener? We've obviously seen QPR's communist goalkeeper and is is rolling the ball out to the fullback, and we've we've tried a little bit of that. So it's. Goes out to Sterling, who's closed down quickly, but he just absolutely ghosts past him like he's not there. And then um, it's a ball forward to... Who gets it? It's Chapman. It, Chapman's movement on this, you talk about Sterling 
just nipping around somebody. And then um, it's kind of a ball down the line in the air and Chapman jumps, plays a chest pass to Gordon Strachan on the right wing who crosses and Carl Schutz at the, the near post and kind of almost gets a touch on it, but not quite. It kind of goes, sort of nicks off both him and the defender. And somehow Lee Chapman, who just on one side of the penalty area has chested the ball out wide to Gordon Strachan, is now steaming in at the back post yeah, no, to, he, to score a tap in. Not a subtle footballer that you're going to miss. He just kind of goes in there though. It's like we have two Lee Chapmans on the pitch, but it's I don't know if, if this is maybe Des Walker was the only person who could organise a defence at Nottingham Forest, but... It's just, it's not often, I re- if you remember, we've seen Pablo Hernandez in that, was it Stoke last season where he just ran across the, the penalty box, goes to the other side and they give him the ball there. He just does that. And probably his chest control and finish are up there with Pablo Hernandez's touch for this. It's great. And it's it's great stuff from Sterling. It's a it's a good move. But at some point you are going to have to do the, the Alan Hansen thing of saying, where are the defenders? <laughs> if... Fucking six foot two of Lee Chapman is just striding across the penalty area going, well, I've set up the cross there. I think I'll go and finish it here. The commentator does say, which I'm not entirely sure what he means by it, without Des Walker, the Nottingham Forest defence looks rather like a China doll, which I'm not sure if that, is that an old, did people used to have China dolls more then? I just sort of thought, like, what, a bit creepy? I always thought Nigel Clough looked a bit like a China doll in a creepy way. He was very pale and sort of sallow looking and frail as if he blow away in a in a breeze or you know if you dropped him he'd, he'd, he would shatter and turn out to be hollow as think, if he'd live with a dad who shouted abuse at him non-stop probably there is an element of that with Nottingham <laughs> Forest you mentioned about us bullying them they're not a tough team Roy Keane does try and start things with David Batty um, and they're probably they must be about the same age Batty is having absolutely none of it I mean it's a completely stupid thing to do and Roy Keane ends up just being just a absolute passenger 1-0 up and it didn't take us long to double that advantage penalty this one handball Tommy Gaynor had to go home and explain to Gloria what had happened just uh, obvious the ball's going past him and it's heading to I think to Chris Fairclough and he just puts hand on it this actually starts with with Jemson trying to be I think trying to reclaim a bit of his authority on the game and he try, he's fouls Fairclough doesn't he in the centre circle because Chris, Chris White has absolutely clattered him in between the two goals which the commentator says is a tough challenge, but all part of the game. Whereas now you'd you'd have Jack Grealish would still be screaming years later about this. But um, I, th- I think he's trying his best, is Jemson, to get involved in this game. But he gives a free kick away, and again in a fancy European way, take it quickly. And um, obviously, he's completely again has completely forgotten where his hands are as a result of our swift play. It's one of those where it is ball to hand, but he also just he has a long way to reach him, and he just watches it onto his hand and then goes. Oh, penalty that. He could not survive that penalty appeal. And there's not really much. It's, it's quite pleasing to see how quickly it gets taken. Like everybody, the, the referee says, well, you've handballed it, so it's a penalty. And everyone kind of goes, yeah, put it on the spot then, have a kick. I'm very, very pleased you got the survive reference in there as well. Well done, Moscow. Well done. I'm proud of you. And it's uh, it's Mark Crossley in goal. So there's a bit of pressure on Strachan given that he stuck that one against the crossbar when the communist, is Michael is... Is Ken Bates-esque talking to communist goalkeeper wasn't even on his line. And Strachan, in the build-up in his column, did mention that he, he was put off by Stagegirl running towards him to stop the penalty. And he ended up trying to change his mind and put it on the, the, 
Typical um, of them. Typical of them, that. Carrying a placard for the Velvet Revolution. It's like yeah. Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four <laughs> cheating. <laughs> this time, though, it's good old uh, Mark Crossley. from He's from Barnsley Way, isn't he? He is. The only goalkeeper to ever save a penalty from Matt Letizia, but not Gordon Strachan, who sends him the wrong way. Bottom corner, 2-0. So a nice lead going into half-time, 2-0. You like going in 2-0 up at half-time. That feels, it feels like you're heading in the right direction there. Dangerous lead, though, isn't it? Dangerous lead. You say that, but I mean, the start of the second half is when the cheering of passes really kicks in and it's it's not safe at 2-0, particularly given the QPR game, the way that went. But we're kind of taking the piss of them at this point. They they can't get anywhere near it. And when we, we do go three up, it's not a massive surprise. It is a surprise that Gordon Strachan has dropped to right back, though, to set this move in, in motion. We talked about the total football before. I think Mel Sterling has just decided Stuart Pearce is having that bad a game. He'll just go up and play against him. And yeah, Strachan... Drop deep, gets the ball, quarterbacks it forward to Chapman, shut tackled, and um, McAllister just half volleys it in, left foot. Shut's claiming two of the scruffiest assists you'll ever see in this game, isn't he? Because I think he maybe does touch this a bit, but it's more or less that he makes the defender work, doesn't he? Which means the ball then drops to McAllister. But a great finish, nicely nicely down his chest, takes a couple of bounces and fires it in. It's nice as well. It's one of those where it's... Um, he takes it on his left foot, but he doesn't put it across the goalkeeper. It goes in the near post, and that's always nice to see. It's just a little bit more stylish and a little bit more difficult. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, at this point, you'd think game over, but it's not quite. There's still another goal in the game, and of course, it comes for the forest. There's another one for, for us first, which is disallowed for no reason, as far as I can see. A nice Chapman header that goes in off the post, but... I don't know, he, he seems to have been, I can only assume the referee is a judge that he's climbed on, is it Pierce, I think, at the far post? But he may have just been, seen how angry he was getting and just thought, oh, I'm going to disallow this before he cries. He doesn't do a damn thing wrong. He, it's one of those goals, you used to see it, Chapman just had them disallowed because he was Lee Chapman. He was six foot two and they just assumed, you've done something. I don't know what you've done, but you've done something. I'm not letting you. Guilty of being too big. You can't run around like that, all arms and legs, and not have infringed somebody somehow. Yeah, It's not allowed to do that. Uh, so 3-1 then, um, Nigel Clough starts off this move. He's dropped into midfield at this point, and um, Phil Starbuck, Nigel Jemson, offside trap, you know, goal. Yeah, I mean, he's been offside more than Alioski in this game as, as Jemson, but he does um, he does take this fairly well. And at this point, I guess 
you would be a bit worried given our failure to hold on to leads previously, but um, they never have another another good chance. Do they? I think he, he shoots one past the post when when they break late on, uh, which was which is another another half chance. But it's not like there's any sustained pressure particularly. No, Nigel Clough manages to finally get into the game because his dad brings on Bill Starbucks to play up front, and uh, and Clough sort of drops deep and finally has a kick, which is what sets this up. And it, it does have that little air about it. I think QPR in the back of the mind because um, we did let that go in daft circumstances but there was nobody really in uh, um, Nottingham Forest team I mean you're not going to see fucking Brian Laws starting to dribble around 20 people and score so it was it was pretty safe after that and um, it was only that risk of the offside trap because Clough was a clever passer and a player who can spring an offside trap as he did for this goal with um, started the move when spotted Kamara was lagging maybe playing his way out of an England call-up if we were going to be playing a Graham Taylor will will have wanted an, off, an effective offside trap. That's a little bit of a risk with us playing a square back four. But nah, they were rubbish. We were mint. There was always that sense that Forest Underclough, you could get at them because they had a bit of a, a soft underbelly. And I think the personification of that was Nigel Clough himself, as you were talking before about him being like a China doll or whatever. Do you think that's what it was? We just we, we were more physical than them, or maybe was it the return of Carl Shot? Was he the difference? Shot definitely was a lot more mobile than Pearson. He seemed to be, while admittedly still fairly limited in his quality of touch and stuff, he did take up slightly different positions. It feels a bit like Pearson is just a worse version of Chapman sometimes when you're watching him, whereas Shot did offer something different. But I think you're probably right about the physical element because Forrest need Stuart Pearce to do some of that, and he was just having such a terrible match in this. There's a nice moment in this where he's making a forward run and Fairclough fouls him and Pierce gets up looking absolutely furious. And Chris Fairclough is just stone cold, just doesn't flinch at all. He just sort of stands up and looks at Pierce. And in the end, Pierce kind of goes, Yeah, you're all right, you. Fair enough. He just, I didn't realise until watching more of Chris Fairclough what an absolutely hard bastard he is. But he does not give a shit. He's got the face of a, of a, of a little angel, but he's, he's as hard as they come. And another hard man who was potentially going to be running midfield. You mentioned before about Batty versus Roy Keane. I mean, Keane, for all he was, a scumbastard. I remember watching him for Forest, particularly when they beat us as well in, well, in years to come, as it is as we're recording this one, how good he was for Forest. Maybe just a little bit too young in this one, but I mean, like you, you think about 2020, Jack Grealish falling over like he's got his bloody roller skates on all the time. Imagine what fun Roy Keane and or David Batty would have had with someone like Grealish and then think with those two combustion engines there, putting them together against one another. There's an element of what you were talking about with, with Chris Fairclough from Batty in this as well. King kind of, he's been tackled and he tries to have a nibble and Batty, he just doesn't flinch. You could chop Batty's arm off and he'd just look at you. I'm not bothered. Got another one? Yeah. <laughs> chop that off as well, I'm not bothered. So it just didn't work. And it, it, Gary McAllister is a better midfielder than Gary Parker, which is why we signed him and not Gary Parker. And... Gordon Strachan was given the license from how well those two were playing to just run around to right back to start moves, to run out to the wing, run through the middle, do what he wanted. It's only a few games that that foursome have, have played together with um, Batty and McAllister in the middle and Speed and, and Strachan. Strachan technically right wing, but really sort of plays pretty much a free role. But it looks, it's that much better than Nottingham Forest that we absolutely destroyed them, which is um, an indicator of, of how things seems to be going, especially when we were still, we were talking last time after the Villa game, the criticism that Andy Roxborough was giving us, you know, Gary McAllister didn't get on the ball at 
in the Leeds midfield because it's just over his head all the time. All just pointless lies. Quite an interesting indicator of those subtexts that we talked about um, in terms of like Fairclough and Chapman. But let's not forget Clough and his return to Ellen Road, which... I mean, at this point in my life, I was uh, I was a younger man. I wasn't fully aware of all the uh, the myth and the folklore and legend surrounding it. But he was not happy. He was never happy coming to Ellen Road and losing. It's weird the old sort of Brian Clough because because of when I came to football, I think of this kind of era Brian Clough and a bit later. Whereas the the Leeds United Brian Clough is kind of a different person in my mind. They probably should be getting rid of him at this point, but they probably can't because of stuff he's done before, and it's. It was hard to know exactly what they were trying to do in this game, I would say. They, were, they didn't seem to come with an obvious game plan. Like, at, at no point did they look like they had proper instructions, which is kind of Clough's thing, is that he used to just tell people to go out and play well and he'd build up the confidence. And he'd, It was man management was his side of things and it was it maybe isn't translating anymore against people like Wilkinson who'll go out with more of a structured game plan and try and combat individual players in a team and, and win individual battles. And he just went home. They were all showered and changed within half an hour there was no post-match interview for anybody Clough just got them on the bus and got them home which I think shows just how unhappy he was Chris Fairclough and Lee Chapman both as you mentioned had uh, played for Forest. Chapman probably a bit kinder because it was um, he was rescued from France by Brian Clough when um, Robert Maxwell wanted him for Derby and was going as far as buying the entire French team that Lee Chapman played for just so Brian Clough couldn't sign him for Nottingham Forest. And um, Chapman was always quite grateful to Clough for getting him out of there. But then after they'd won the League Cup, he was like, young man, going to Leeds. Which I think there's also an element of that that isn't as well known, but Chapman also had, he had a massive tax bill because of the whole France thing. So he needed a signing on bonus, which is another reason why he ended up moving in a hurry. Chris Fairclough, though, he came through at Nottingham Forest from the youth team and played in their, I think, their semi-final. I'm sure he was in the team for the UEFA Cup semi-final when they were absolutely robbed by Anderlecht and the game was proved to be fixed. So they had a long history, the, the pair of them going back. And obviously the, the Clough and um, Leeds thing is obvious and obviously pissed off Clough because he just went home. And given that we were trying to build a squad at this point for the top flight and we were in, in that era of transition, we're, we're looking at some other names and a big name at this time a guy who famously had had blood on his shirt but at 31 do you really want to be signing Terry Butcher? He didn't just have blood on his shirt blood on his shorts the, the, I think the shirt was more blood than shirt by the end of it um, in the famous photograph when he was playing for England yeah Graham Sooners doesn't want him anymore he played at the World Cup for Scotland then had a cartilage operation so his knees are shot and yeah Sooness wasn't happy because he's He's not fit, so he's decided to transfer list him. Half a million pounds. An element of it is that Chris White has been booked four times, so thinking it might be worth half a million to have another old centre-half <laughs> who can take over from him. But it's hard to... Um, I mean, White and Fairclough, although they have a problem with the old offside trap sometimes, they look good enough at the back. And Peter Haddock, certainly, if he's, um, his performance is next to Fairclough in Division 2, were on another level so you wouldn't really think we need fucking Terry Butcher but he is a big name Terry Butcher English though he was in Scotland didn't play at the World Cup for Scotland close enough though very very similar I'm thinking of uh, I I momentarily flipped him in my mind with Richard Goff (laughs) who I always also got confused as to which country he played for and I mean 
it's Great Britain, isn't it? We should have just joined all the teams up together years ago. Would have been an absolute treat, I'm, I'm sure of it. It's quite funny, you know, with the aid of hindsight, looking at the sort of players that Wilkinson did sign for his defence uh, along the sort of lines of your Beasleys and Pembertons of this world. And actually suddenly looking at this, Terry Butcher starts to make a little bit more sense. Too young, if anything. I guess he was, he's expensive though, wasn't he, for that time? Half a million quid for a very old defender. Well, about 31's not very old. 31 was old then, wasn't it? You'd done a lot of um, you'd done a lot of Tuesday drinking and stuff as a 31-year-old footballer at that age. Smoked a lot of cigarettes, you know. Exactly. It wasn't like you, these days where you'll get like a, a 31-year-old who's lived a nice, clean lifestyle. I get the feeling Butcher probably didn't have many more miles on the clock. He ended up at like Coventry and Sunderland and stuff after this, didn't he? His career didn't ever go anywhere anywhere good after Rangers. Well, if we do want to do the, the denouement at this point, he goes to Coventry because they offer him player manager. Is how um, he ends up there. I was reading an interview for some bizarre reason with um, Everton's physio from the, the mid nineteen eighties, and the word Cosua. Pa- the word um, he he was known as uh, Selleck because he looked like Tom Selleck. He was quite well known, um, a celebrity apparently. And the word cartilage, you don't hear much about cartilage anymore, but it was definitely the the hot topic in the eighties. And he said when they signed Andy Gray, television's sexist Andy Gray for Everton. They looked at his knees and looked at his medical history. And the story goes that Andy Gray was driving up from whichever Midlands club he was playing for at the time. And either he was throwing his medical history out the car window on the way, or he burnt it before leaving. But they were pretty clear that he had no knees left. And the question from Howard Kendall, who wanted to sign him, was, will I get 15 games out of him? And he said, yeah. I said, right, we'll buy him. So there's there's a, an element, if if we just need cover for Chris White, experience, former England and or Scotland captain and not afraid to bleed. It's a good combination. Play Kamara there instead. He'll do a good job. Play short there. Just shy of 30,500 in Ellen Road to witness this one. A game that left us in seventh position in the top flight on 16 points. We've played 11, won four, drawn four and lost three. We are quite a lot of points off the top, actually. You've got Liverpool running away with it at the top, having played 11 and won 10 of them, drawn one, still unbeaten, with 31 points on the board. Uh, 15 points clear of Leeds United at this point, with Arsenal, Spurs, Palace, Man City, and Man United ahead of us in the table. Just on the title race, you've got to be pretty good. If you're Arsenal, you're unbeaten, you've only conceded five, and you're second. That's mad, isn't it? Uh, Arsenal are... Played 11, won 8, drawn 3, scored 20, conceded 5. Liverpool have scored 25, conceded 7. But they are, yeah, they're both definitely running away with it. But are they as good to watch as Leeds United? I doubt it. And we'll find out good and proper next week because we are being moved to the Sunday game. Uh, So we're not playing on the regular Saturday slot. We're going to be on ITV's big match. Can you imagine? This is genuinely exciting. It's it's regarded as an honour. There are already um, in the, the Yorkshire Evening Post this week, so we're, you know, we're more than a week away from the game, talking about Leeds United being chosen to be shown to the nation on Sunday afternoon. It's, um, it's a big deal. Well, I won't be watching. I'll be at church. We'll see you next week for that one. The Match Ball. Ball. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 